Hello, welcome into the charge then. Uh, no episode number today. I didn't even write a script, so I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You usually write a script. <laughs> I do usually. I spend about five minutes before okay. t- typing it. Some notes, so. Um, so I don't know what episode number it is. I'll come back in the the. Uh, I'll check in the files later, but uh, yeah, well, welcome in. It's myself. We have Dave. We have Neil, and we have James. So it's full house uh, this this the today, which is great. Um, first time in a long time. We can't sell that mug though anymore. The what was what was the mug again? Yeah, something about uh, no James tonight. Oh yeah 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 yeah. That will come up another mug. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I I just want to get cracking into the the rugby talk straight away but first we need to hear from james because he's the only one we haven't heard from about the season we just had you can talk about i don't know just how did you find it um any thoughts intrigue i mean i don't know what i can say it hasn't been said um Look, I, I'm I'm still reading after the Champions Cup final, to be honest with you, um, mm. and that that has kind of covered the entire the season for me. But uh, mm. but Leinster and Ireland were fantastic. Obviously, uh, got a success in the green shirt. Um, but from the Leinster perspective, um, yeah, just kind of feels the same as as last season. We're obviously very close to is to be the best team in Europe, but uh, the old rock paper scissors of us versus Garishel versus Toulouse just keeps falling against us in the finals. Um, and I think until someone else knocks them out, we might have a have a hard time. Um, but yeah, a totally enjoyable season, and uh, it's great to be gearing up to the World Cup now. Well, I think the the groups were released, weren't they? And La Rochelle is in our group, and I think that's actually a really good thing. Yeah, because yeah, yeah in a non-pressure game, to have a chance to beat them, yeah. In a low-stakes situation, which is perfect, because if, if we met them again in a high-stakes situation... I think it would be just a repeat of it. Not to say there's not stakes, but like it's it's as low a stakes situation as we could possibly meet them in. So you know, it's, there's uh, no better like way. Sirloin, of... not Chateaubriand. Yeah. So like you know, for me, when I saw that, I actually was happy about that. I was like, okay, that's that's a good thing. It also like do the old battle hardening. You know Did... what I mean? Which we don't like. We often complain about. Like you can't get a better team to face early. So you know, it's good in every respect, other than the fact that they might beat us <laughs> uh, in in that because that draw was made actually be honest uh how much of it did you understand that's a question to all of you uh, it was complete <laughs> news to me as it was going on yeah uh, it looks like it's i, I want to say fixed like <laughs> like it sounds like um uh, la rochelle will have a choice of where they're playing their games yeah which is weird. which is like the opposite of a competition of a well-run yeah. like it's it's not a well-run competition, so it's not news. But why um, do La Rochelle have that choice? Because they're top. Yeah, they. Now won, they've they've come out and said that. Oh no, we're doing an algorithm. Mm. Yeah, which, which... which makes me think that it's it's all a fix. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I, it it's just um, I thought like when they're going back to four groups of six, I was like, okay, yeah, this is a, a step in the right direction. And then I realized there'd be a team from our league in us that we're not playing. Like, which yeah. is real beneficial to us because we don't have to go down to South Africa. Yeah. And then, then I realized, actually, no, we still have this round of 16. Yeah. And we're playing everyone once, aside from a team in our league. Uh, we don't know who's home or away. Yeah. Like, and we no... could get Leicester and La Rochelle at home, which is great for us in the competition 
and also great for selling tickets. Mm. Or else we get sale and um, uh, Stad. I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah it's I another French team. Uh, and then we're going away to La Rochelle, Leicester. Mm. So um, once again, oh. far school, and I eagerly await the day that it collapses. It no, could be coming pretty, pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, don't be, don't be tempting fate here. No, I, I think it's done. Even if we won, yeah. I think it's just a, it's a, such a, a mess. Hmm. But I, I understood like this up. one better than the better than the previous one. Did yeah. I? I still I don't understand how the two group system works from the last two seasons, and I, yeah. I don't <laughs> care to. This one made more sense to me. <laughs> Every time someone was referencing it, I had no idea what they were even talking <laughs> about, and it's happening again. It just has passed me by entirely. I saw the teams that are in the group, and I was like, okay. And even like five minutes ago, when I was talking about La Rochelle, I was like. Uh, we'll have to play them twice, home and away. But uh, obviously, that's not the case based on what Neil just said. So I you're have, approaching uh, it with like a, a modicum of sense. Like this is how a tournament should be. Yeah, uh, we're we're four people who care enough at rugby to talk about it on a podcast. Like, God help the casual viewer. Like, yes. that's, yeah, that's where I think that's where I think they are screwed. Is yeah. like a Champions League format in football will translate pretty well to like a casual sports viewer. But imagine looking at that and going, "What the hell is going on?" And yeah. they lost the uh, their main sponsor. Yeah, Heineken. Is that confirmed? I heard it was rumored. Well, I'm pretty uh, sure it's confirmed, but we'll, we should see if there's any uh, logos on the uh, any press releases. But we'll have to wait till yeah. they release something again. Maybe that Indian Tire Company can sponsor. <laughs> EKT. Yes. They're big. <laughs> oh, that would be interesting. But, Just uh, before we uh, move on from. Yeah, yeah, that, that review. I just like to ask James: uh, Does it feel sickening to be part of a club of hooligans? Oh, Ternier. <laughs> yeah. James, uh, do, do you have any details on what damage they actually did? <laughs> uh, it was it. So what? I, I, I thought enough people get into this to be intimidating, but um, <laughs> I, I was carry seats. It was kids on seats um, jumping uh, on seats. Okay. That wasn't intentional damage. That's what I what I heard. Um, and in fairness, I was talking to people down in the club, the, the suits and stuff, and they think it was justified. But um, yeah, I think it was more over-exuberant over uh, young gentlemen, more so than any actual hooliganism. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it is what it is. I think everyone was so overjoyed. No one's worrying about the fines and stuff too much. Yeah, and sure. I'd just like to ask, sorry, I'm taking over this bit, Rob. <laughs> We yeah. don't get a guest very often, so I want to want to milk this for all it's got. What's the atmosphere like at a, a AIL club game compared to like a Leinster game or an Irish game? Because it seems well, I can only speak to yeah, I can only speak to the third year ones. Um, like well, it's driven by um, a, a section of what uh, I don't know if ultras is the right word, but there's a group of guys who are both kind of guys out of the school. I got the guys. And the kind of seconds and thirds, you'd have kind of close connection with the firsts, and uh, they seem to just like take up a corner of the pitch uh, and make a great noise. Um, so, particularly come to the tail end of the season, or if we're going down or tarf are in uh, or in the great fans, there usually is a is a great buzz. I wasn't at the final this year, unfortunately, because I was on uh, on a uh, on a Ryanair flight at the time. But uh, the final last year was was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I got a few people said to me, "All right." Um, but the final last year was amazing. Um, and it's yeah, it's driven by young young guys as well. Like the school is obviously a really close connection, so 
you know, you get a few hundred 16-year-olds who are uh, hyped up in Red Bull and uh, <laughs> uh, they make a great noise. So, yeah, look, and I think it's going strength to strength as well. Like the gate receipts for the kind of top clubs are, are heading in the right direction. Uh, and the brand of rugby is really good as well. So, yeah, hopefully the only way is up. And it's nice to be part of a club that's at the at the forefront of it, even if I'm just running around in the pub, pub rugby divisions. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's long, long call away from the time when I was playing there. Uh, they were hiring yeah, guys like, to be a Ritz. And yeah, I never learned one, like, if they were actually ex Ritz pros or just from the town of Biarritz. <laughs> like yeah, playing, yeah. Um, and they're probably back in Division Division Two at that stage as well. Like, um, it's funny how, yeah, how, how much they've, they've come on. Um, and I guess success breeds success because you can bring in people like George Cochran, and um, people like Paul Marsh. People coming out of like the the main struggle, I guess, for clubs like Carrier is that if people don't come out of the school, you're you're trying to compete with guys out of Michaels and stuff. And most of them are end up going to UCD or going to Trinity or whatever college they come from. So recruiting young guys. Is a challenge, but hey, if you're winning titles, um, it certainly makes it easier. So hopefully, they can keep keep the success up for the coming years. Yeah, and is there any talk around the club or just in general about how how little pros, how few pros come from Turner? Yeah, well, I look at ever that everyone's acutely aware of it. It hasn't been. We haven't had someone come out of um, come out of college and go into international rugby, but certainly not with ours. You know, who was the last one? Uh, we have a, a Spanish international currently uh, mm-hmm. who's playing with our seconds, Iago Fernandez. Um, he seems like a very good player. But yeah, look, it is it is what it is. I guess it just seems but, unusual that the the club goes so well, um, and there's a lot of players there I recognise. Well, the Milos, uh, Milos, um, like they're from the the school into club. Well, like none of them seem to really get into the uh, the, the academy even for Leinster. Yeah, there has been a pathway like it, Adam McGrew playing fullback was I think he like played sevens with Ireland and stuff and he was there or thereabouts. Um but I can't think of anyone who's come through, you know, straight out of school into the first team and made enough of an impact to be brought into into the academy. Like the, the two young, best young players there now are two of the guys who playing for the twenties on Sunday, um, Mackerel and Finton Gunn. Yeah, and they weren't through the school, like they just came in and joined the club. So um look there's definitely a disconnect between the level of players that Turner College are producing and Rock and Michaels are producing, but um, I think a greater emphasis on collaboration between the Goldman School will hopefully mend that for the school because I know Sean Skeen and um, teaches there, does some coaching there. Um, so yeah, look, they're hopeful the next Irish international isn't too far away, but yeah, it has been a bit of a barren period. Cool. Back to you, Rob. You can continue on with your podcast. Cool. Uh, I've seen on Twitter. People saying don't sell a grew, uh, which I assume is reference to the turn your fullback. Um, yeah, it's a chant. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's utterly meaningless, but it sounds it sounds good in full yeah. in full voice. What well, uh, I also saw the the guy who kicked like he had like one of the best kicking performance in the Aviva ever. Something Dooley was it? Kalen? Kalen? Kalen Dooley? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's been a bit of a minor celebrity. Um, yeah, he's the easy like he's played center or winger um, for us, and uh, yeah, I, I, our I'd say that like the run that we've been on can be traced back to last year against Trinity, where he knocked over uh, touchline. That's how yeah, half a gun penalty um, to win a game, and you know, very late in the day, and 
bit too much since then. It's been uh, it's it's been up for trajectory. So um, yeah, he's he's hugely important. Um, and yeah, a bit of a, definitely a minor celebrity around uh, around double six W anyway. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, yeah, let's move to the World Cup. Okay, so a few weeks ago, Ireland named their training squad. Um, everyone, I don't think we already discussed that kind of thing. That there was no real major. I don't think major surprises. It's kind of tr- tried the ones who. Farrell basically picked uh, the ones who's picked him, who've done him well uh, as he's as he's been in charge. Um, but let's kind of dig in. So we're we believe ter- the the Rugby World Cup squads are 33, 33 man squads. Uh, so I'll just we have Neil's squad in front of us. Uh, so we'll go with the front row first. We have Porter, Healy, and Kilcoyne covering loose head. Uh, hookers, Sheen Keller, Herring, Tightheads, Furlong, Bielham, and O'Toole. So, is there anyone there that anyone would be kind of like, oh, I don't really agree, or I'd rather have this guy, or uh, is there anywhere people can see that someone else is taking over, like maybe Stuart for Herring, but maybe you stick with Herring? I don't know. Yeah, um, Stuart for Herring was uh, the only one that I really thought of, but I, I think it would be stupid. But it, from an entertainment point of view, I would want it. Um, but I mean, like, <laughs> look, I want to be entertained, okay? But if you want to win the fucking competition, I understand the need for uh, people who have been there and done that. Not that he's necessarily been in a World Cup squad before, but he has the level of experience that Stewart just doesn't have. So, you know, on that basis, the sensible decision was made. But I don't know, I kind of look at these things with maybe... Uh, my nonsensical goggles on and just try and do what mm. would be fun and I prefer Stuart as a player so you know in terms um, of that maybe in a year from now if the World Cup had a rolled round you know Stuart would have been in with a better shout but yeah the sensible decision prevailed anyway in that respect mm-hmm. yeah I think so um, I think Kelleher might be most likely to drop out just purely pretty true to injury history uh, he's not stayed fit for a couple of years, mm. um, but as Dave says, like it's a World Cup. You want to know what this guy can bring. Herring is captain, has captain Ulster. He's a reliable enough player, uh, and he's got a bit of power, as we saw in that All Blacks match from the back of the, the mall. So you're not like it's not like he's no threat, ball in hand. Uh, I think the front rows are probably the most uh, pick themselves kind of thing. Uh, I don't think there's really any choice about the first the starters. Um, and I think the second choice are pretty locked in. What about Kilcoin? I, I found that one interesting. Yeah. Because I feel like there should be someone better, but I don't know that there is. If that makes sense. Yeah, he's um, probably the, the luckiest of the front rows to get in. Mm. Um, we Previous contenders were Byrne, Ed Byrne. Uh, he's dropped off this season, injured a lot of it, but he was a person getting caps in this cycle. Mm. You had uh, Lockman, a monster, actually overtook him. Yeah, that's, he's probably the, the that's most the one likely. that I was thinking when I saw that. I was like, was there not someone better at yeah. Munster who was doing the job at the end of the season who you'd have in there instead? But I suppose it's the experience argument again, isn't it? Like, True. I just thought, it's a bit unusual, actually, he didn't go for Lockman because he had had him in the squad over the last year. 
Including like the uh, Ireland days and stuff. Mm. But like again, like if you're talking about the third choice front row pick, it, it's really quibbling over it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, maybe he's a good tourist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so front row, yeah. Overall, I think it's it's fairly clear cut. Uh, who's, I think there's who's maybe an option of going five front rows. Yeah. Healy covering third tight head, or say Beelham covering third loose head, but I I don't think he would. Uh, can I can I throw out a a, a minor just just notion out there? Of, do it, Rob. Do it. Um, where do we stand on Tyke Furlong versus Finley Beelan? And I know, like, yeah. well, as in, like, do, I'm not saying I should, I would start Beelan over Furlong. I'm just saying, is there any merit to that? Because, you know, or. I think so. What, what was. Uh, Beelan played most of the Six Nations, didn't he? Yeah. And then he got injured, and uh, Furlong was back pretty much almost simultaneously. Hmm. Mm. I don't do you, know. Do you, like, just, yeah, Beelum had a better six nations. He's a better season. Yeah. yeah. But he, I, he, I think you're not at the stage where you make that call. I think if he has yeah. a, if if Beelum or Furlong doesn't have a great World Cup after that, you start thinking about it. Yeah, it's another one. A year from yeah. now, if things had carried on as they are, yeah. you'd probably be saying, yeah, if to you, to borrow a term from James, trajectory had it continued as it was, like you'd see a case that Beelum would possibly be there as the starter but as it stands like I feel like you don't have enough sort of hard data to be making a big decision like that even though the Six Nations like Beelham's quality was clear for all to see but he seems like a kind of player that like you know he'd relish the opportunity to make an impact from the bench anyway so and Furlong has that sort of uh, energy about him I think he brings a good energy and you know I know the the narrative from us recently is kind of like in relation to Furlong's fitness and all that, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's no reason why we can't do sort of like what some teams do and have like him be a 40-minute man and then Beelham come on and be the second 40-man. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with yep. that necessarily. Um, in fact, I might like to see a bit more of it. I think we touched on that last time we were talking. Uh, kind of a different use of the bench from from Leinster particularly possibly Ireland as well so like Furlong being a 40 minute man isn't necessarily a bad thing true yeah. true shows the conversation yeah. uh-huh. we, we were worrying about the back up to Furlong you know not that long ago so it's nice that this is even a topic for discussion and you'd be happy with either from starting in, in all honesty yeah mm. um yeah, uh, does anyone want to say anything about Tom O'Toole? He seems to be the only one we haven't mentioned. Um, Took his chances very well. Um, hasn't been challenging the scrum too much, but who cares? Yeah, I feel like he's been praised more than merits from what I've seen of him. But, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where if everything's going well around you, it's it's easy. I'm not saying he coasts, but it's easy to kind of slot in and then appear very good when... You know, if you're in a weaker setup, say, and you're shining, it's probably a greater indication of your talent. But again, I haven't really seen enough of him in top tier to say, like, okay, he's very good or he's just decent. But, you know, I suppose he might get a chance here, depending on 
like you know furlong could be crocked soon enough and then you know he's he's second man up so well, hopefully that doesn't happen but you know it's just it'd be nice to see more of them together more around the picture I, I also have it in my head about uh just looking at some of the ulster players i don't know why but like weak yeah like a mentality thing of they're bringing in sort of a I don't know. You, you a seen, bad vibe. Yeah, like a, a bottlery vibe kind of thing. Baggage. Yeah, well, like a, a, a lack of winning, whatever. And Munster have shown now they've claimed their first trophy in 11 years. And I don't know. It well, just feels like. If, if, you're an Ulster, if you're an Ulster what? fan, you'd kind of go like, you know, Leinster, uh, you're developing a bit of a nasty habit of losing <laughs> big, big games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to so, get the big game first. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. Yeah. Um, but we got, we got silverware this year. We got the Irish Shield. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's jump to the second row. So we have James Ryan, Tyg Byrne, Ian Henderson, and Ryan Baird. Uh, other potential options I have written down in my squad. I have Kieran Treadwell and Joe McCarthy. Um, Rob, you missed the most important alternative of all. Topic. John Klein. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the hate uh, is John Klein. <laughs> what, what? 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 do we make of that whole situation? Uh, I think we should ban Munster from signing players. <laughs> Personally, I think it was a cynical move from South Africa, but yes. that could just be because I I don't rate I I shouldn't say I don't rate him I underrate him so mm. you know uh, I have a very low opinion of the South Africans and their carry on. So, like, when I see something like that, I immediately think this is underhanded. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I could definitely see a a world where Razzy Rasmus just says, I'm taking away one one choice Ireland could have from injury. Yeah. Mm. And maybe he likes him. Maybe he's, uh, I'm not sure if he signed uh, Klein or if that was, they didn't line up. But, like, John Klein had a very good season for Munster. He's eligible. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the options that South Africa have, like you, you don't really see him coming into that top five. Um, Who are the options? So it's the Mosters, Lude Dieger. Who would the fifth man be? Oh, probably your man Norkia for the Bulls. Seems he's captain. He's probably some monster I've forgotten about. That's, <laughs> he's seven foot tall and seven foot wide. Yeah. Um, it's, it doesn't seem to be a position they've ever lacked in. No, but this is it. This is the thing. Like I was, just, because you just like those are some of the best players in the world in that position. And then there's Jean Klein now playing his trade down in Munster, and they've just kind of swept in. It just seems a little bit strange, but you know, fair play to him. I mean, odds. Uh, do, do you know what? I'm suffering from a case of here. One hundred percent. I didn't want it until it was gone. So now that it's gone, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> I think back, it's baby. that simple, like you know, just my candy has been taken, and now I'm upset. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I wouldn't necessarily have Henderson. I I, I always pick on Henderson, but mm. I wouldn't have him there. But I don't know who I'd have there instead of him. So then I'm like, oh well, Jean Klein. But we can't have him, obviously. So I guess Henderson is included by. That's underrating Henderson. You said you. I know. I definitely underrate Henderson, yeah. considering. I think I just have a contrarian viewpoint on him, which is based mm. on not a whole lot. 
Well, like yeah. for first half of his career, definitely he was very inconsistent. I think that could be a fitness thing as well. Mm. He just wasn't uh, robustly fit enough. But I think he's definitely matured into a, a player that's good. I know he did his first act of the Six Nations was to give away uh, a penalty. One thing I definitely think he adds is uh, the versatility. He plays at six sometimes, doesn't he? He can. I'm not sure when the last time he was. Yeah. Uh, well, I I oft, I like second rows that can kind of shift around a bit like that, and you know, Jean Klein. I've never seen him play anywhere other than second row. So, you know, yeah. if, if that can be sort of deployed in any respect, even, you know, not necessarily with the squad selection, but just in a pinch during a match. Oh, you've played at six before, so yeah. we're desperate. And you can just slot in there, I think, you know. Is, is there any... Like Go on. Uh, I'm look, looking at the the four we have there, the Brian, Byrne, Henderson and Baird. And uh, first question I'd ask is, who starts? Uh, I think then, uh, Ryan Byrne. I think that's yeah, locked that's in. fairly obvious. I yeah, agreed. Yeah. Could I throw out a question of: Is it a little bit "quote unquote" lightweight? Do you know what I mean? Yes. To- I would. I would I, thought that, but like the last yeah. year has proved me wrong. Yeah. I thought uh, Van der Fleer and Peter Manny in the same back row was lightweight. We supposed like one one player of the year, and one is being very good internationally. And for clubs, mm. so like, I think it only really comes up against South Africa and France. What about, what about Australia? Australia. Oh, jeez, yeah, I forgot that. Even <laughs> <once you're back. laughs> I'll see how that pans out. Mm. Would we even play Australia for the final? Don't think semis. So, semis yeah. potentially. I, I wouldn't yeah. worry about it then. Um, I just think <laughs> Burn is is so good. Like that last half hour, right. last half against um, New Zealand is was like one of the best. You've seen yeah. from an Irish forward, and he's had a very good season. Um, and Ryan's been back to his top best. Like he, his stats during the Six Nations were absolutely insane. Well, yeah, well, he, I think he lost to the final. Yeah, Burn is a must include purely mm. because I don't think we have a whole lot of breakdown threat coming from much else in respect of the mm. starting fifteen. So, like, I think having him there is kind of like the breakdown is just so important now that yeah. it's it's nearly like a. The life force of a team, when and then the opposition team has to commit to uh, yeah. driving this. And he's good for, I would say, let's say you just watched all the matches he was included in Ireland and Munster over the last three years. I'd say he's good for about two and a half breakdowns at a minimum a game. Yeah. Yep. Oh, sorry, with turnovers rather. Like you know, you just and if they come at important times, they're fucking lifesavers. Like so, they're huge reliefs on pressure. Yeah, like, and. I don't see a whole lot of other people. You know, they might get one here, one there, but the consistency he he operates at is just, you know, mm. at the top level, it's can't you can't put a price on it. Yeah. Um. So that kind of covers your second row, and I, I, those... does it like what? Yeah. I just got a quick point that might segue into uh, into the back row discussion. I wouldn't be surprised if either Treadwell or McCarthy go. Mm-hmm. Um, and a Baird is, is counted as an, uh, a back row yeah. um, and someone might drop out of the back row and we'll talk about that but I'd be tempted to bring one of those two and just purely because I, I agree with the kind of right way to set them and I think if you lose someone especially if it's mm-hmm. if it's Ryan or Byrne um, things aren't looking rosy like I wouldn't be particularly happy with Baird starting in uh, the second row if it yeah. came to us no. yeah so I, I, I think it's one of the six foot five Lads, it'd be nice to have in reserve, and I'd love to see McCarthy get it, but there's a, a lot against your bias there, in fairness. 
Yeah, I think this is probably the the first area of the team where I can see a lot of debate in. You, you maybe drop a back out and bring someone else into the second row. As mm. as they said, Treadwell, I wouldn't really pick him, but Barrow likes some and he's delivered for him uh, in the past internationally, so I can see that. Joe McCarthy, very much the raw talent, but as James said, that size that you can't, you won't have it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I could also see Coombs being like a sub second row for uh, Romania or something, or maybe just play second row against Romania. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's if uh, you even have Coombs in your squad. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> I'm biased against him, like Dave's biased <laughs> against uh, Henderson. Oh, Coombs, as you call him. I'm surprised he's even there. Like, I, I saw him and he was like, uh, what about soft coombs, Neil? Yeah. That the, the, the final victory really was was the whole final victory for Munster just built on Coombs' uh, non-softness. Well, it did, um, it did have that epic blockdown which led to that is Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we, we, we'll reveal. So Neil's back row was uh, Van der Fleer, Peter Romani, Caelan Darris, Jack Conan, and Gavin Coombs. And then... The only other player in my squad that I had was Prendergast, but I ended up cutting him because I put 35 players in my squad. Um, there's probably a, a million other options. Uh, Can I ask Rob why you included Prendergast in the back row? As in Keen Prendergast. Ah, okay. Sorry. Not the under 20s out half. He's just talking about Prendergast, and I, I was only like. We're all nodding our heads saying, yeah, yeah, Prendergast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was thinking like contingencies for a second ban and shit, and I was like, all right, oh, okay. I see where Rob's going. With this, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, that makes a bit more sense now. The only thing is, it's only 1 7 in that squad. Yeah. Like Penny, so, Will Connors, and uh, Hodnett, yes, yep. uh, would all be the potentials, you'd say, who've been in squads over the last few years. Yeah. Cover seven, but well, maybe he says that Van de Fleers are seven and Peter Manley covers it. Yeah. Uh, I'd have Hodnett instead of Coombs, personally. Oof. But, you know, that's kind of based more or less entirely on his performance in the final. Not Coombs' mm. poor performance. I don't think he performed poorly. It was more Hodnett's dominance in the final. Um, it impressed me. It, but that's probably just a case of recency bias of, oh, hey, this player was good recently, so yeah. jettison him He's had there. a good season. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, I, I always hear about him compared to Penny as well, and, you know, favorably so in uh, if you're if you got your red-tinted glasses on. So get, I think, get. you know have him in there as a sort of a more breakdown threat I think is good that's not to say Coombs isn't capable of it but I think that he kind of makes use of himself in different ways whereas mm. Hodden is that bit more breakdown focused who what looking at this um, it's hard to come up with I can see kind of four names Vanderfleer, Doris Conan and Palm stick out to me mm. so who do you and on the other ones if who do you start what, what's your starting back row as in fear do you do kind of a horses for courses and change i think it you do it in or? that order you, you start you, you bench conan and start the rest of them um okay. i think baird might be next one up then okay um yeah i, I don't think it's it's much of a debate to be perfectly honest 
Yeah, I would. Darcy can cover seven as well. Sorry, I should say. I should say that. I, I, like, if you took me back, say, to the start of the year, I would be saying, yeah, one hundred percent, Conan on the bench. But if I recall correctly, he kind of had a bit of a renaissance. What was it? He got mm-hmm. that tumor removed from his gland. <laughs> yeah, he, he opened did. his third eye. Yeah, and I just he remember did. being wowed by him in that Blues match in Aviva. He just seemed yeah. to be like a new man sort of thing. Now that's not to say. I would start him, but I do, I think the debate over like what you do with Doris, who you have where, etc. Like I suppose Peter O'Mahony on the bench then is the natural sort of extension to that. I think you keep Peter O'Mahony on though, mm. well, the both in terms of impact and like that leadership and line out, yeah, and a couple of turnovers as well. In fairness, to him. yeah, you can make big plays like that. I know what you mean, but I just from from where Conan was in my head at the start of the year to now. Yeah. I'm like, I want to reward that. And I think it's just so hard to call. Like, I guess it could just come down to like, small, small margins in training or whatever, or fitness. Yeah. I don't know what they're looking at, but, you know, I suppose Palm has that trophy under his belt. So maybe that's stand to him in yeah. uh, some respect. Yeah, it's... Um... It seems like there's a definitely there's the guys who you'd start and everything. Uh, yeah. but maybe 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 in the the warm ups there might be a little bit of wiggle room over jostling for positions and everything. But I don't know. Um, let's move on now to the back line. So scrum halves. Uh, I think this is pretty chalky enough. So we got Jameson Gibson Park, Connor Murray, and Craig Casey. So the only other options I could think of that could potentially be realistic would be Quaylen Blade, uh, John Cooney, if you want to get really crazy. Uh, oh, nuts. <laughs> is, is there anyone else? looking to play for someone else? Am I... Scotland or something? There was talk of him going to Scotland. But he, uh... Uh, is, is there anyone else in the Irish setup? Marmion, but he hasn't played well enough to get there. Luke he McGrath. Plays Br- he plays for Bristol now as well. So. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, it's not a play for me yet. How about Doak? No, no. Oh, yeah, Doak is uh, a bit of a second season syndrome for him. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't be including him ahead of any of the other three, anyway. I think sure. Casey is under the most threat there. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he had the best of seasons. And Murray improved his season game as the season went on. And uh, Gibson Park, obviously, first choice for me. What bothers me about Casey is. I, I don't know if this is just the way he is as a player or he plays up to it in that he thinks it's what's expected of him. But like I've said it before, his urgency just is too much for me sometimes. Yeah. I feel like there's a time and a place for it and I just feel like he can't dial it back or he doesn't dial it back. Um, And like, let's say in the quarterfinal, like whatever he comes on 20 minutes, there's been an injury to Murray or something where he's been stepped up to the second man and, it's a tight affair. I just think maybe he doesn't have the temperament for it. But, you know, it, having said that, the other side of the coin, maybe that's what you, you need a guy to come in and, like, sort of crack the whip and get things kicked on to another level and up the pace. So he, there's no better man to do it than him, I would say. Um, if you have that in your game, you can, with experience and coaching, you can get that and control it and utilize it. Whereas if you have a scrum half, scrum half who's ponderous, you can't get them to be fast, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I'd rather have us have a one way and with coaching experience, hopefully temper it down. 
mm. um, then have a scrum half. Like, uh, you know, who, who will never get up to that pace. I like yeah. Casey, but um, yeah, I'd be shocked if it's anything other than those three. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty uh, nailed on, I think. Yep. Uh, so the next one is interesting. Is out half. So Neil has Sexton, uh, Crowley, Crowley. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll ignore the uh, spelling mistake. Uh, and then Ro- I assume it's Ross Byrne rather than Harry Byrne. Yes. Yeah? Okay. So straight away, I just want to I want to get your guys' thoughts on the whole because Sexton, obviously, yeah, but the whole Sexton situation mm. is still to unfold, and and um, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts See, on how how you think it's going to play out and what really do you hard. do. To parse between like meaningful input and people that just hate Leinster and hate Sexton for yeah. no apparent mm. reason. Like I saw someone say, and I would agree with this in theory. I saw someone say like, "This is a great time to make an example and s- stop like say a sort of a slow descent into mm. the situation we have in football, where mm. referees are kind of under the cosh quite a lot and they're." basically treated like shit by the players on the field, which I absolutely don't agree with. And someone said, like, this is a fucking phenomenal opportunity to sort of set a precedent of, like, this is unacceptable behaviour, which it is, assuming what we've heard is what happened. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd agree if it was anyone else. <laughs> and it wasn't going to hurt my interests, but because mm. it's, you know, like, it's it's like ripping the heart out of the team in a way because just the level of importance he has I, I don't know it would seem unfair but it's so the thing I, is uh, for anything else this should have been done a long time ago mm-hmm. now I, I'm just going to put it down to incompetence because <laughs> they have nothing else to do uh, maybe it's they don't want RFU arranging a bunch of games Okay. <laughs> to get rid of it, me uh, like I, I I do agree that he should be punished if what he did was true. It was, if, mm. if what's reported to happen happened, um, and I could see good value in step cramping down on us. But like, are, are, if Razi starts going off on his usual stuff, is he going to get kicked out of the World Cup? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, I think the most interesting thing from a squad point of view, because if he gets banned, I think the squad will be incensed. Yeah. And that we they could use that. I think if you get like, could use that, but it's like can that be can the level that that might generate and the level of performance or whatever be equated to sex and being present? Like I don't think it would even come close. I know it's what? something to go on, but Yeah. But I like, think the most interesting yeah, I agree with that entirely. The most interesting thing is what if he gets banned? Up until like the last game of the pool stages or say quarterfinals or something. Mm. Or semi-finals or something along that lines. Like what? Um, you still pick them? I would, but yeah. you're, you're down a man the entire pool stages. So uh, you're so saying don't bring them at all. You're on the Prendergast hype train, are you? No. I am, but not for this particular tournament. The way the Ireland matches scheduled, we have three warm-up games. So we have Italy, England, and then Samoa. Uh, and then we have Romania and Tonga in the pools, and then we're into South Africa and Ireland, South Africa and Scotland. So, um, 
a five-game ban. Yeah, I could see them giving him a three-match ban or something like that. If anything's going to happen at all. It just feels like it's too big of a... Like it, it'd make it'd be too much of a big example if if it had any sort of meaningful effect. I know the whole point of making an example is that it has meaningful effect, but I think if they ban them at all, that would kind of, you know, sort of because of the proximity to the World Cup, it would sort of be like you know, we're not we're not below doing this in the future, sort of. Thing. Yeah, and bearing in mind this is the URC or whatever it's called, the EPCR mm-hmm. uh, versus international so like I, I imagine the world cup on one side like say okay a person gets banned for abusing a ref or official grace all for that but that's he's probably one of the bigger stars yeah yeah is there is there any danger of uh let's say he does cop a ban that kind of let, let let's say he cops a ban that that gets him out of he's, he's not going to play in the world cup Um, what kind of effect do you think that would have and do you think? Because I can imagine if that is the case, there will be some sort of justice. Legal, le- yeah, I, I imagine there'll be a legal process that'll have to be fought, like yeah. engaged, and it'll uh, just I, be I think a- if he's banned entirely for the World Cup, it'll be uproar. Yeah, mm. whether that uproar results in anything, I don't know. That's why I don't think it will happen because there's no way. I, I don't know. Like uh, this, the charges are serious. They're delaying yeah. it so long. Mm. Um, like. It's, there'd like, be too much year ban. It's not worth the the hassle, so to speak. Yeah, I but think. I have no idea how the people are approaching it. Are they approaching it from a platonic idea of justice? Are they saying let's screw over the Irish? <laughs> like, like, like that's a that's a valid uh, opinion. It, Some it of them is, have. but I'd like to think that whoever they have in charge of the fucking did they say is the World Cup putting pressure on them, saying or the broadcaster saying we want as much stars as possible? It, yeah. I don't know. So but I, I think, haven't, so. haven't said that, Neil. That there's also the publicity of the whole thing kicking off. Like, yeah, having the stars there is great now, but that would be a big story, you know what I mean? The... Yeah, but people won't care about Like, they say, where's Johnny Sexlong? Who <laughs> <laughs> <Uay>, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, let's say he's not there then. Who starts? That's yeah, I think we'll find out big... in the World Cup warm ups. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Crowley will take over. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I can I see them both giving them shots like say okay you got a couple of, you got a game you got a game and maybe a half or something like that but i i think we're we're just trying to get crowley ready and burn will do what he can do mm. um so i hope, no, I hope, I hope like because crowley's so young and so inexperienced i hope he can continue the good form but it's kind of unknown package at the moment yeah still. but i t- i right now as as i sit here I, like and it's no massive indictment to burn around, but I would take the unknown package over burn the mystery yeah. box, so to speak, which is weird because, like, now if he quietly goes down, I'm, I'm I'm not worrying when burn comes on. Yes, this this is the thing, like, which is the big improvement. This burn year. is like the man to sort of take the wheel and yeah. get you home to port in in a figure figurative sense, but like the mystery box, you know. The, God only knows what awaits us <laughs> there. The box, the box. <laughs> Um, and I think depending on any bans or anything like that, that might boost Friday into the squad, so you can say he's our ten for Romania, or he's backing up on the bench for Tonga, or he's our third choice ten. Um, I think that might help him. Yeah, okay. well, let's hope it never comes to that. Is, is there is there anyone else in the the broader kind of conversation 
at all. Jack Carty, maybe? I don't know. I think Harry I Byrne. I think Harry Byrne's next man off the rank. Yeah. Okay. And Harry Byrne, I think, is, ben- is going to benefit a lot from having that big run of games this season. What What about uh, Joey Carberry? Like, no. What, what would it take? <laughs> uh, like well, maybe he's the next man, but I, I just think I think we're done on Joey. What, what what came of that whole team, Rob? You seem to be sort of trying to spew some vitriol his direction in relation to like he was <laughs> blackballed from Munster or something. You were trying to suggest. Well, for those for the running in those knockout games they had, uh, he was fit, uh, available, and they didn't even pick him on the bench. They went with Ben Healy, who, like, once they're vindicated, because they obviously won the games they needed to win and everything, but it's it's more from the point of view of you picked a guy who's going to leave you at the end of the year. Um, I don't know. It's just a sad state of affairs that he's dropped all the way from first choice at Munster to definite third choice. And then, mm. um, yeah, it's unfortunate the way it's all worked out for him. Um but he he'll be straight back in his second choice now for Munster because Healy's gone. So wow. and obviously if Crowley goes to the World Cup, then uh, he'll probably get a good bit of game time to start the season. So the way back for him there if he can kind of build on a a good solid season and then get so, used to coming off the bench and stuff. He hasn't been blackballed, is what you're It's just that's just the way it worked out. Yeah, he's just he's not injured or anything. It's just uh they just don't think it, they don't think having him on the bench or starting him was the best option in terms of winning a game, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. Tri- tricky to the, the results kind of yeah. Like I thought I was very impressed with Healy towards the end of the season there. Yeah, me too. Like I think classic the player signed and left, yeah. and he starts putting his best performances. <laughs> I, I I get you look at you look at if you if you had to pick two of Healy, Crowley, and Carberry. I think most people would have said we'll take Healy and Crowley, mm. um, but obviously it didn't work out like that. I'm obviously there's contracts and everything involved, and timing and everything has to be great. But um, but is yeah. Healy gonna be Scottish qualified or something as well? He, he is. He's already played for them. This this is um, so you know he had that carrot, that particular carrot sort of dangling there, you know. So it yeah, uh, I'd say it would have been hard to keep him in. Yeah. I'd say um, they would have liked to have, but yeah, just, you know the 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 pull from that sweet sweet Scottish uh, <laughs> Scottish dollar. Uh, yeah, um, so that kind of covers our out halves, which is very obviously it's hugely dependent on how the whole process with sexing goes and everything. Um, then we go know, on to I, I can't imagine just <laughs> like for like building towards the World Cup. I think. They've already been placed in an unfair position with this uh, up in the air type thing. You know, it's mm. not you. You want to know where you stand, and now maybe they do. Maybe they've been told something we don't know. But like from from our perspective, for all we know, it's it's still up in the air. So like, I don't think that's a good sort of cloud to have over the camp because you can't really truly lean into it and build from from a basis of which you know is not going to change. That I think that's like right off the bat bad but you know yeah hey, what can you do that's just the position they're in and what is it the adversity mindset that they seem to be maybe they've yep. already sort of you know started yep. off on that particular train of thought and are using it as a sort of a, a fire under them their collective asses to spur them on i don't know spite is a fairly i think proven big motivator for a lot of teams 
Like you yeah. kind of develop a little bit of a a siege mentality of everyone's out to get us. And now here's here's oh. a bit of spice. What happens? Uh, Jean Klein does one of his specials, taking out a player and takes out Crowley. Yeah. Do the monster fans still cheer him on with their <laughs> their lust? Yeah. <laughs> does he take people out? Is that a thing? Yeah, I remember it once doing it against um, uh, Osborne in the match at uh, Christmas. Right, right, right. Or in the Viva. I can't remember when exactly it was. Okay. <laughs> that, that would be so Razzy Erasmus, wouldn't it? Or was it Tommy Ryan? I, I bet you he doesn't even make the World Cup squad. We probably yeah. just forget about this whole sorry incident. Yeah. 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 Sorry, are you uh, referring to Sexton I, or Jean Klein? <laughs> the, 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 not, not the out half. Yeah, no, Jean Klein. Uh, yeah, I was starting this weekend for South Africa, but uh, I, I still can't, can't see it. No, no, neither can I. Centers, um, I think, are sorry to move on. Are pretty. Yeah, they, 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 there's not there's not a lot. We've got Hensha, Aki, and Ringrose. Uh, the only names jumping out at me that could potentially be options are McCluskey, uh, maybe Jamie Osborne. If you want to get a bit bolterish, uh, is there anyone else? No, I think Anton Frisch. So. Maybe think... if you really want to go crazy. Mm. Uh. Uh, I think that's just unfortunate for um, McCluskey that he plays He's twelve, and yeah. unfortunately two other lions in the in the team play twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Ringrose can cover there in an injury pinch, and Frawley can play there in a bit. So it's it's just really bad for him. Didn't do anything oh, wrong. Must from Ulster. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want many of them in your squad. It's just unfortunate. I, I wonder what we'll go for um, combination wise because. They haven't been fit all at the same time. Yeah. Mm. Every time I much. see a different combination, I say, oh, that's the one. And then like, <laughs> two weeks later, it'll be different and they'll play really well. And I'll be like, oh, so that's the one. And I, I, I don't know. Where, like, how, It's just hard to say. I think we're blessed in that respect because the drop in quality isn't really there. They just bring different mm. positives. I, I think Henshaw's probably in all the strongest ones, but mm. I, I'm happy enough with... Um, any combination of those three. Yeah. Do you think yeah. they go, the 23 shirt goes to the, 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 the odd man out in the centers, the way it did the six stations with Aki? Could do. I, 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 like, my instinct is always to cover as much bases as possible. Yeah. But like, Aki came on and performed well from the bench all the time. Mm. Like, so I, I can see, and, and in the, the, against New Zealand as well, and against uh, Australia, I think, so, like if if you're getting twenty minutes out of them, sure, roll the dice and hope you don't get a little injury. Like Ringrose can cover wing, um, you could push Hansen a fullback, so you do cover a lot of the, a lot of the spaces that way. Uh, Henshaw, I suppose, in a very bad uh, scenario, can cover Hen fullback. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think, yeah, that you're. you're 23 is very interesting. It'll depend on like a section with a group. Uh, mm. Is Frawley there? Is yeah, it does depend on the overall squad, I yeah. think. But th- those, those three guys are pretty much dead certs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd be shocked. Like, it would be, it would be shocking to me. I know McCluskey's nearly there, but it would still be shocking to me if he was there ahead of I would assume Aki would be the one he's closest to, but uh, yeah, I'd be like absolutely shocked yeah. because you know I don't know. Just 
they're all so good. <laughs> it's uh, it's it. Well, I suppose yep. it's good actually to have such you know a, a conundrum, but uh, someone has to lose, I suppose. So yep. why not the Ulsterman? <laughs> That's what Andy Farrell said. <laughs> he says that to Stuart McCluskey's face, like, <laughs> <laughs> "Sorry, pal, you're from Ulster. Good luck." Yeah, um, I think back three is probably the most debatable part of the squad, for my book. Well, well, back three, you you have low handsome Keenan written mm-hmm. down. I think those are your starters. Yeah, yeah, and then we have. The flexible options we have Jimmy O'Brien, Keith Earls, Kieran Frawley. So other is names Earl, like, is Earls included on any other basis other than sort get of, him to uh, yeah, get him the, <laughs> the thing. Um, Farrell likes him. Mm-hmm. He can cover thirteen in the pinch. Can cover fifteen in the pinch, especially against like a, a pool game. Yeah. Mm. Um, he's just so experienced. Good guy to have around the squads. Mm. Um. I, I wouldn't have him challenging the top three in any sense, or even top four. I think, I think Jimmy O'Brien is pretty much a cert to go in the overall squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put Earls and Frawley in this list because they can cover multiple positions. I could see Nash go in, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Osborne. Mm-hmm. This, uh, this... But I think you could drop one of these guys of Earls or Frawley and bring in another forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't sound entirely unreasonable especially there seems to be a bit more of a forward focused sort of with the whole recent advent of the sort of 6-2 split thing just the, the level of uh, attrition in the forward seems to be you know at cer- certainly a, a tripping point for like squads so mm. you know you can kind of, you can cover an absence in the backs easier it feels like than say uh I don't know, like one of your starting second rows. It, it, I think the likes of Earls then become expendable if if you can bring in someone say that, like Hodnett say for the back row. I don't know, but yes. I, I'm I am drawn to that Earls record or whatever it is, two hundred caps. Is it? Now we could give them those two caps in the uh, warm ups and say yeah. thanks for everything. Keep your phone on, but you're not in the mm. in the World Cup the World Cup squad. This thing, we're narrowing this down from a broader group of players, isn't it? Mm. It's not like every Irish player. So no, like there, there was a group of forty something, I think, tra- named. Mm. Um, there was a group of thirty something who went down to New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so if I was, it, so well. I, like, if I was to say, uh, I remember it came up when it was initially announced. Uh, what's his face? Balakoon. Hmm. He's he's not in the picture at all, is he? No. Stockdale is, but I, I don't. I wouldn't pick him. Yeah. Is there anyone else in the? That's kind of covers really everyone who's possibly on the radar. Yeah, the Jordan Armour, I think, is the, the, the oh, unfortunate yeah. to miss out because mm-hmm. I thought he finished the season quite well, but um, yeah. Stockdale's been pretty good for Ulster this year, by all accounts. Obviously, Nash has been very impressive. Stockdale's so, that, that's kind of grading on a curve, like pretty good for Ulster. Like it's <laughs> it's better than he was. Yeah. He improved game on game in the last chunk of the season, but he's still not where he was. I think I think he'll be there. I think he'll be on the plane, and he'll probably piss out over Romania. But that'll be the extent of his World Cup, I'd imagine. 
And yeah. Uh, go on. I was, uh, the I was most interesting thing about the back the, about the back three is to back up to Keenan, and I'm looking forward to the the Warbuck games to see who they try out there because I assume it's Hanson. But until we see it, we don't really have any idea. And I hope, yeah, they just. I'd like to have someone Kenny O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah. Could well be. Um, but it'd be nice to see someone get some reps there in a, in a decent game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I suppose uh, we, Keenan being Mr. Consistent, like you don't really think of a situation where he's not there. But, you know. We literally threw him in first game of the season into uh, South Africa, I think, wasn't it? It was one of the yeah. international games. That was his first game uh, of the season. Could have been. But like, if if he's not there, <laughs> it kind of does. I don't know. It puts them somewhere where I think a lot of us don't sort of think about yeah. that being like him not being available. Like, you know, you might think of situations where Sexton is not available, say, through that ban or yeah. Henshaw gets injured or something. But like Keenan, you kind of just take him for granted in. In some mm. respects, and we don't. There's no. I suppose Michael Lowry. Well, I don't even know if he's in the group. Um, I can't really think of any other fullbacks in the country that. Aileen Daly. And. I wouldn't have them in, but they they've had good seasons. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I know one's more fullback by trade, but both can cover fullback. Yeah, the the gulf is definitely there between Keenan and the rest, though, in in that position. Yeah. Is is there anyone? Um... Because now that we've kind of gone through the, the squad and what's available, um, who for for each of you guys, who would you pick as your, you know, uh, bolter? So I know like uh, the definition of bolter. I don't know. You can make whatever you want, but kind of guy who right now you right now you wouldn't have in the squad, but maybe the way things play out, you're like maybe you know. He could play his way in, or maybe one injury here, or uh, who do you think is? I think we mentioned most of them already, but Stewart could come in. He'd be a bit of a bolter. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe McCarthy, I think, could be a bit of a bolter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to say. Like um, maybe for, can you, would you consider? Yeah, Osborne would be one. Would you consider Frawley a bolter? I'm not sure. Yeah, um, he's in cop, doesn't he? He's been in squads, but he's in cop, so technically, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I think Nash? The... Mm. Yeah, yeah, Nash, I think... maybe. So it, the one, God forbid, anything happened to Vander Fager, but if he was injured, then on the penny, Nick Timoney maybe uh, comes out of the wilderness. It'd be interesting to see. And I, I think if something did happen to Vander Fager and he was a place for one of those guys, I suspect they'd get pretty pretty decent game top of the World Cup. So. Um, yeah, we're hoping off to go to that, but that their guys if it's even called in if if someone went down the back row. Far be it for me to tempt fate here, but like I I have Van der Flair firmly in my head as a sort of a Keenan type character where nothing ever happens to him, <laughs> so he's always there, he's always available, and that is the way it forever shall be. That seems well. Like you, you said that we're both screwed. I have <laughs> one foot and two hands on a wooden table right now, so I think I think. If superstition is anything to go by, we should be okay. But yeah, um, I I don't plan for contingencies with players that like don't seem to, you know, it was like Heaslip never got injured until he was horribly injured. <laughs> but like he was Mister, yeah, he's always there. So it is interesting to conceive of a situation where these type these blokes that 
seem to have whatever it is about them they they have that uh durability or you know that yeah freak freak things can happen yep um but you know harden it i suppose yeah just a question that i was thinking about around that vein outside johnny sexton aside who's Aaron's most important player like if someone was to get injured who's the worst person you would think to get injured I pre world yeah. cup or possibly Gibson Park. Sheehan or Gibson Park for me. Porter, I'd say. Porter's James probably Ryan the biggest difference. Yeah. 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 Porter's probably the biggest difference between starter and second choice. Mm. Um, I, I would have said Furlong going into the season, but we haven't missed him too much. I think Sheehan is just world yeah. class. Like I think he's top three hookers in the world right now, and I don't think Keller or Herring can can hold the torch to him. Maybe if Kelleher gets back to his best all of a sudden, yeah. then he's he's nearly there. But like right now, I just don't think they're the the like for like replacement. But as you say, Porter as well. So yeah, I I don't think our squad depth is quite as healthy as maybe it would appear. But you know, I, I, other nations are probably suffering similar sort of. You know, the drop off can be. Yeah, I think our squad that depends on how good Crawley is. Mm. Crawley, Crowley. <laughs> um, I'm informed by my connections in West Cork that Crawley is actually head out there, so you were right, even if you didn't know. So very good, very okay. good. Um, like because if he play, if he's actually like a really good international caliber player, that that brings everything up. And a lot of these players you mentioned earlier, Dave, might not be difference makers international level but they look really good in a well organized yeah. team a lot of joe smith teams were like that but like um maybe everyone's just clicking mm. not boosts everyone up but if, if that kind of if we lose a couple of players and people start going down a bit um maybe maybe some of these guys aren't actually as yeah like the likes of james ryan going off in the champions league final and then mm. a cog has been removed from the system and next thing yeah. you know like it slowly comes to pieces. It's, it's just you don't know the repercussions of like taking uh, a a thing out of that system until you're there, and then it's very hard to sort of patch it up there and then. Like it's so yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'll be interested to see how they um, approach. The three games because Romania, okay, that's the easy game. You'll send out your second string, mm-hmm. but I think you go full strength next three games in a row. Tonga is not going to be easy, yeah. And if we lose that, we're, we're, we need to beat South Africa and Scotland, yeah. That feels like a tough yeah. enough ask. Like, I know we like to write Scotland off and have mm-hmm. a laugh, but we do. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just think like they, they always seem like such a banana skin. And, they never seem to actually <laughs> be the banana skin. But at some stage, surely they have to be the banana skin. Yeah, um, yeah like I said, I've had a monster last uh, couple of years. Yeah. I've had that fear about Scotland for so many years. And yeah. yeah. This, this could be the time. Yeah, but you just start, you're always telling yourself, like, well, this could be the time. But then it is. We said the exact same thing last World Cup, though. <laughs> and we said, oh, we're playing so poorly. Mm. Like, oh, we're, we're just in the doldrums. We had a terrible Six Nations. This is Scotland's chance, and we beat them like 20 something, seven. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but we do have a two-week break in between South Africa and Scotland, so that's we'll know what we need to do. Yeah, yeah. that's beneficial. I think if we beat South Africa, we should beat Scotland. But yeah. if we lose to South Africa, like the banana skin, it's it's there. It's Tonga could get in this nerve, group. The nerves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People are sleeping I, on Tonga. I don't know, man. I, it's like, Tonga. Yeah, they have a bunch of fucking like ex New Zealanders and all. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, they have a lot. They have yeah. like six or seven ex I don't think you can just throw a like, cobbled group of fucking randomers together. In, yeah, sure. They'll have individual talent, but I know we can't just send out like uh bully weekend squad. Like, you know, the sec the reserves or whatever. I'd like be sending out the first team. Yeah. I I don't know about full strength now, but I think you're overrating them and I'm possibly underrating them. Maybe. They are they, I think they are the biggest um of the Pacific Islanders, Tonga, physically. Mm. And you've added in some very good pros. Mm. Not sure what the coaching's like. But like it's it's Probably not going to be enough. could be it could be like a uh, a surprise package like Samoa was in World Cups gone by. True, true. I I feel like uh, these blokes that are coming in will either like use this as a sort of a point of pride and step up their game, or it'll be like a sort of a nearly a an international retirement home, and it won't mean all that much. Now, which way it goes, I, I don't know. It might vary based on player to player, but I know some of them seem... They'll be fired up. Uh, you think they'll be fired up? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, look, I don't think we're in danger there isn't to them. I'm, I'm sure we'll go more in-depth those at the World Cup on it, but um, I don't know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather be playing them than Fiji, for example, in Wales' group or something like that. I, I, um, and yeah, actually, and I, I think the fact they're good. I think... Uh, Fiji because they have the the Drua, they got other guys have played together all season. Um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about their World Cup groups another day, I'm sure. But uh, I think having a decent game is probably not a bad thing. Instead of you know having two Romania standard teams, it's probably a nice nice yeah, build up. That's true. <laughs> Nobody saying after our second half gets his head taken off. Uh, <laughs> they might beat then. Scotland as well, which is fun. Uh, mm. Yes, that could be great. Uh, I like that. <laughs> I I don't think they'll beat us, but they could beat Scotland. <laughs> That's reasonable. We're number one. They're fifth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that was a fun exercise to go through. Mm. Um, all in all, I'm getting the feeling of everyone's kind of like, you know, there's plenty of reasons why we should be great, but I, a little bit for me, anyway, personally, is creeping in of, um. Will this be a new and different way that things will go horribly wrong, or like what's uh, like what's what's success? Like losing to a French team in the quarterfinal or a New Zealand team, yeah, that's not terrible. But if we go out with a fight, I'd, I'd be saying, okay, I'm happy enough with a quarterfinal loss. If yeah. we go out in a close, not even a close match, but we made them really work for it because the last two quarterfinals was just well, the game's over before ten minutes. Mm. Not yeah. exactly, but. It was like, well, that was, that was a waste of time getting up in the morning or evening as it was. But Last three quarterfinals, actually, we, we had terrible, terrible exits. Could, could it be a case of, uh, yet again, peaking too early? Now, I want to address this. Oh, go ahead. Because <laughs> I see it. It's one of the, like, not anymore, because I don't really read uh, rugby media anymore. Mm. I probably will as things are closer to it. 
Oh, Ireland Ireland peaked too early. I want to I want to grab that person down and pin them like an insect, (laughs) and say, "What do you mean by too early? Do you mean three years too early? Probably not, because that makes no sense. Do you mean two years too early, like 2009 or twenty thirteen, or do you mean a year early, like twenty eighteen, or do you mean like maybe six months too early, like this year?" Or are you just saying that a team that's good didn't perform at the World Cup? I think, the way I think about it is that a team that is good has a system or a way in which they're good, and when that hits the zeitgeist of being good, that only lasts for so long. So unless they then adapt or change that in some way, that will become stale quick enough. Teams will figure it out. Teams will develop counter or whatever, and then you know, you, the way in which you're winning is now less liable to beat the other team. So, you know, if Farrell has set all his chips down on the way he's been playing for the last 12 months and said, yeah, this is 100% going to be how I carry things through and make very few changes, then, you know, I think unless that's a, unless it's a very solid system, I think... Uh, it could be dissected a little bit. I just think it's a lazy thing people say about Ireland. Mm. Like in 2019, we didn't peak too early. We were, we were terrible, terrible, and there were Six Nations. But that was worse than the, um, the World Cup. So we, we were rising yeah. from that, like uh, after peaking against in 2018. But that was, that was a different scenario to the previous World Cup where we lost five players in a match. Like no team does that and wins. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay, maybe we could have played better, or we could have built more squad depth, which Joe Smith did over the next four years. But like, that, that just happens. Like you, know, so you can't not, do anything. Not only do we peak too early, we're also incredibly fragile, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Mentally, physically, <laughs> and with the addition of these Ulster players, spiritually. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. But speaking of a semi-final Irish team. Oh yes, the under twenties. Uh, uh, I've actually caught a lot of the. I didn't see the Fiji game. I saw most of the other games. Um, uh, yeah, very very nice bunch. Good bunch of future pros. Anyway, they play a very attractive brand. It's obviously very successful as well. Uh, they do have a unfortunate habit of uh, getting yellow and red cards and concussions and stuff. Which I don't know. Is there something systemic there, or is it just? I think it super is. It's poor tackling. Or... Okay, it's weird because some tackles are great, like they're double tackles, or they get low and they drive people back, and some they just fly in with their heads and lock themselves out or knock someone else out. So yeah, I, I would yeah. say that's and it's just being missed tackles, like general poor tackling. I think I think that's something that is systemic or coachable. Um, mm. Well, from what I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention, but it seems to me like it's it's more individual based as opposed to yeah uh throughout the team like i think there's one red-headed player who seems particularly cavalier in his tackle height and yeah, from what i can see anyway uh um, the possibly is he yeah i do i mix up the is there 13 there is 15 yeah i think i mixed the two of them up but um if it's one of them like i think fine i think he seems to uh have issues from what i can see um so you know, I think if it's individual based, it's possibly better because it's not something there. No, I think the fact that we've had multiple cards for it and not uh, means that it's just 
or maybe it's the system puts them in allows the uh the outside back to rush up and make a hit or has to make a hit yeah yeah. Just poorly. yeah it looks like it from the few cases i've seen they're trying to uh tackle man and ball and they're just too upright um but one thing i love about um this world cup is they have a car situation and they say okay yeah it's a yellow card we'll have a look at it and every every decision i've seen has been done like that very quickly and then the ref informs the players, the captains, that it's been upgraded to a red. It's been looked at. Mm-hmm. So we, we, have head, we have head hits that are being looked at. They've been punished with a yellow card. And that's all fine. And they've been judged to be red cards after without taking up five minutes of a game or people getting hit and not getting punished. Are you suggesting this is a positive or a negative? I Real positive. I, I think it speeds okay. up the thing. It's, it allows the ref to get on with it. Um, and... In cases where red is deserved, it it still gets punished. So I'm I'm very happy. Yeah, yeah I actually thought you were framing it as a negative. In oh. that, I thought you were suggesting that the right decisions should have been made, at least in some cases, yeah. on the field. If you know what I mean. So yeah, I, I see someone saying that the ref should be the ultimate arbitrator of us, but like if it speeds things up, and I don't think we're going to get a worse rate of howlers to. Mm. I, I just thought you were suggesting that the decision was being pushed down the line as a sort of a means to... Yeah, maybe uh, it is, but I'm happy with that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of takes a bit of the pressure off the ref, which is possibly good because they're under enough pressure as it is. So, you know, I think to have sympathy on them, it's sort of, it's, it's, it is a way of uh, making a nameless, faceless person make the final decision. It's just possibly an improvement but i don't know i haven't again i haven't seen a whole lot of it i haven't seen it in action like i don't i don't know but yeah if it works out then i I, i'm all for anything to protect refs and increase like the uh increase the power of the french tv directors i agree (laughs) so you want johnny Sexton banned for uh this this is why it's so Like, if, if it was anyone else, I'd sort of be like, ban the bastard, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's actually the most important man in the squad, apart from, like, the coach, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's so shit. Um, I, I don't think I'm going with them. Yeah, on the under-20s, like, just a great brand of rugby from a lot of teams. Mm. I've been watching all of France games, I think, aside from the first one, and they just look, look so good. Yeah. I don't see anyone beating them. Um, they they rotated their team a lot during the Six Nations. To get as much game time as possible, and it's really paying off. Um, their loose head, I've been very impressed with. Their nine looks like Dupont Mark II. Uh, they just have really good players and incredible skills. Like okay, under twenties, you have more time to to offload, and it's it's better to throw like a crazy ball when you're twenty points up. But it just it's just great brand of rugby, and they have uh, one hundred and fifty kilos in the second row. In uh, Tuolagi. Yeah. Was it one of one of you guys who put up that thing that showed a breakdown of the minutes time? Yeah. start? I should say. Yeah, I mean, it, it stands to reason that France are so good based on mm-hmm. that alone. I would think. Yeah, they're they're getting pro game time to a lot of these players. They're they're getting international game time because they rotated so much. They seem to have good coaching staff there, uh, and. They've broadened over the last decade, like the amount of players they can get into the the system, and their the French top fourteen and uh, below are encouraged more and more to have these young players, French qualified players. So 
that's the joined up thinking there from a, a club and country's point of view. Now, maybe in 10 years, you could do a study saying, like, okay, these players got game time young and developed quicker, but it shortened their careers, but we won't know that for, for years. Yeah, it has, has it bore fruit over the course of whatever. I would say, personally, I would think it surely would. I, I think, like, it, it would logically seem to me that it couldn't be any other way, but I don't know. I just think... Well, like, if you, if you, especially as a forward, if you get pushed too quickly, you just get injured. Yeah. You don't have time to develop into your body. Yeah. yeah. But, like, like, a French club have no problem signing someone mid-20s, like a, a tight five forward who's done his time in, in the Pro-D-Tour. pro d Pro-D-Tour. Pro-D2. Um, and the international team seems to be fine capping someone mid-twenties as well. Mm. So it is a bit of a different uh, demand than we have. Yeah. Um, is there any, any other... Oh, rugby championship starts this weekend? Uh, yeah, a lot of rugby this weekend. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, actually, I think last weekend was the first weekend, in fact, the only weekend in the entire year where there's no senior men's competitions, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, which is, there was also that uh, Six Nations and Sansar agreed the World League thing. I don't like um, it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I saw that, but I didn't actually know what it is. Is it... Uh... Are, are we going to be playing the likes of, say, uh, Crusaders, Leinster and Crusaders? Is that what no, it's no, it's uh, international. It, it's okay. a, on non lines on World Cup years. Basically, instead of just random friend uh, tests that we arrange in July and November, there will be a, a fixture list, and we'll play against the Australia once, and Africa once, New Zealand once, and uh, presumably Fiji and Japan. Yeah, um, and there'll be a cumulative league table over two seasons kind of thing and Argentina, of course yeah so it's, it's putting some structure on the internet the international windows as they exist currently i guess um, I, thought we, I thought we had this fixed like the tours are great yeah yeah the, the, the tour the death of tours yeah and Man, they just it came sucks back. if you're georgia yeah i thought the whole idea was just like you guarantee smaller teams like games like that. Well, well, so, it's actually lock, it locks them out more. Or less. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah, sorry. yeah. Okay. Until until twenty thirty, which means there only be there be two cycles, right? And mm-hmm. I think they're committing to setting up a second tier competition, but like that already exists in Europe. So I guess it'd be like the your Georgias, your Romanias, your Samoas, Tongas, the US, that kind of thing. Um, and they said they're going to bring in a relegation promotion eventually. Mm-hmm. So. Just, like the, the Georgia, like Georgia, I, I, I just kind of speaks to the under twenties thing. I've been so impressed with the Georgian team; they just missed out on the semi-final in the under twenties on points difference. I think no one head to head to South Africa. Um, Georgia have beaten Wales, have beaten Italy at senior level. They've beaten Argentina and Italy at under twenties level. Like they need to be playing tier one tests, and they need to be playing them now. And waiting six years, the other chance just feels wrong to me. Yeah, I would like a system where you have a tour and you guarantee like you, you play one of those tier two nations. So say Ireland goes down to South Africa. You'd also bring Georgia down. Like World Rugby would subsidize it a bit or whatever. And Georgia would play South Africa A or something like that. 
where they play against Marys in New Zealand or something like that. Um, mm. that that's what I'd like. <laughs> but yeah. I, I did see something about the Black Lions of Georgia. There, I think it's one of their clubs will be in yep. the Challenge Cup. Yep. So uh, that, that's good. Like we've seen the benefit of these club teams in the the Drua and the um, uh, the Sunwolves before them. And who's the other team in the Super Rugby? Uh, Pacifica, Mona Pacifica. Uh, Moana Pacifica. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wagaguaris, like they all they all seem to have benefited their their nations. So mm. hopefully that gives them my incredibly loose uh surface level view of this. Does the new league thing not cheap in the World Cup? It's, yes, it what? seems like that to me. Like we we're just playing more games between the same yeah. nations. Yeah. That, that's a that's a that's a valid critique that a lot of people have. Because when I heard it, I was like, okay, it's either this thing, which I think is stupid because it cheapens the World Cup, or it's that Leinster playing Southern Hemisphere club teams, which I thought would be kind of cool. Um, but, yeah. So, I don't know. kind of a bit unhappy about it because <laughs> you're looking forward to that. The World Cup, uh, but, you know, hey. Then I know it's going to be like a final in the sense that like, it's not a knockout, so I don't even know like, what the format's going to look like. So, yeah, it, it's weird, but... If, if, um, if, as you said, it was used as sort of some sort of development mechanism for the second tier, or with them in mind in any respect, you know, you kind of look at it and say, okay, I see where they're coming from. But from 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 what you've said, it seems to be quite the opposite. So I don't really yeah. see its purpose. Uh, the purpose is to make money for the unions, I think, yeah, yeah, which is yeah, not it's, it's not something that I can criticise too harshly, considering the state of the game. The the the, the it, one thing to note is it's going to be run by the Six Nations and Sansar. Um, so I know they've said that they'll bring in whatever relegation in 2030, mm-hmm. uh, but I would not be surprised if things change and they decide not to do it. Uh, it, it is a little bit unfortunate that, no, it's, it's massively unfortunate that we're basically locking out a lot of K2 countries and stuff, which is. Does Jay Z have his finger in this particular pie? I don't think so. I don't think so. It could be CBC, maybe. I don't know. Are they still? I I, I don't think they're getting out. I'm not sure if they're they're getting much money out of this or they're expanding anymore. Yeah, yeah. maybe they are. Uh, that was a bit of an ignorant situation um, and comment. I'm not 100. Uh, what about yeah. Rock Nation? <laughs> <laughs> what about BKT? <laughs> BKT Rock Nation. Um. Well, I think we'll leave it there. We, we, that was a long one, but it was good. Was good. Uh, we'll have um, plenty more to discuss in the coming weeks. Work up warm-ups, all that kind of crack, developing storylines. So, all right. Good luck, everyone. Bye. Bye. bye.